We believe to ride and run is freedom and empowerment. We believe riding and running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people were physically active, the world would be a better place. We believe in physical activity because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Ride and Run Podcast with your host, Dave Martinez. Happy New Year, everyone. Yes, it is 2022, and welcome to a brand new year. Yes, I hope everyone has had a great holiday uh, season. Um, I was able to drive home to Orlando to visit my parents and spend some time in Florida. It was, um, the weather was fantastic. Uh, mornings were kind of in the, you know, low fifties to, to, you know, maybe low sixties on some days. And, uh, so I was able to get some great runs in. I was doing some long, uh, distance type of, uh, training, um, got a consistent set of, uh, you know, good training block in. I ended up running probably the longest I probably run all year. Uh, as far as a weekly mileage, I put 40 miles in. And, uh, so it felt really great to be out there, uh, running granted it's, it's completely flat, which is something that, you know, um, you know, you, you, you don't see here in, in, in uh, Atlanta a whole lot. And uh, so I sort of missed the hills a little bit, but it was nice to kind of just go out there and run, you know, on this one path that uh, just goes on and on. And, uh, you know, you don't have to worry much about anything. You can maintain that consistent effort and truly get a, a, a uh, you know, kind of test your own physical fitness and to see kind of where you're at when you don't actually have to slow down or stop. Um, so that felt really, really good. And, uh, now I'm back here in Atlanta and as much of you, uh, you know, much like you guys, you know, we're experiencing rain, got back and it's, I was expecting to, you know, to, you know, run in some colder weather and, and in some sun and it's been just rainy and dreary and cold, um, this whole past week. And it's just, uh, man, it's just, it's hard to get motivated for it. It's also hard when it's just torrential downpour and, and all you really want is an hour or two hour window where you can just go out and just get, not get completely soaked. And that's sort of kind of what it's been like. And that's a little, a little disappointing for me just because I'm, I'm gearing up, I'm running the Jekyll Island half marathon here, um, in a few weeks. And, I still got to get a couple more long runs in. I still got to, I've been, I've gone out to Stone Mountain and done some 10 mile loops out there. I still need to get to 11 and 12 and even maybe a 13 miler. So I got to squeeze that in. It's just so I feel confident that I can, um, you know, not die in the last, you know, 5k of the, of the marathon. So I've got to squeeze that training in. I'm sure many of you are probably, you know, dealing with the same issue with the weather. Um, so hopefully you're out there and you're, you know, much more resilient than I am. I'm such a fair weather runner that, you know, even a little rain, I just am not motivated. I'll find an excuse, but luckily that has uh, allowed me some time to then switch over and focus on some strength training. If I'm not going to run then I'm going to definitely strain, strengthen, uh, the legs. So, you know, I'm here, I'm hosting by myself. I am Dave Dolomite, uh, D2 Martinez as the intro, um, announced and Mike is not with us right now. Um, he is, um, we've been busy, you know, we've had a lot of stuff going on, um, you know, end of the year, uh, it's also difficult to schedule guests. So I'm going solo. Um, and, um, you know, we've got annual planning. We're kind of talking ideas and things and planning things for next year. So that's, you know, talking budgets and talking ideas and talking marketing ideas and just getting things organized and ready for next year. So that's taking a lot of our time. I know it's taking a lot of Mike's time some because he's got a whole organization to run. So I'm going this solo. Um, as you also um, notice, the um, the name of the podcast is, is, has uh, been updated. It is the Big Peach Ride and Run podcast simply because we now own uh, a bike shop. We converted one of our running stores to a bike and a run shop. So it's Big Peach Ride and Run in town of Brookhaven. And we did feature some content this past year that was more bike related. So why not you know change the, the podcast name to reflect the fact that that, you know, we are going to focus on some things that are, you know, bike related, you know, cycling, um, content that, that will hopefully, uh, motivate, inspire some of you that either to pick up cycling, or maybe you are already a cyclist and, um, just need something, some information and some, some things to kind of get you inspired and, and motivated. So that's kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the direction of, of the podcast, but, you know, funny thing is that Mike and I just got off the phone 
not too long ago, and we were discussing kind of the future of the podcast. And, you know, we got some things lined up. I think we're going to change some things up a little bit. Um, you will probably hear me going a little bit more solo, but we've got some other things that we may expand on and do a little bit more um, and provide a little bit more uh, of value, I think. And, and for those that are interested uh, to do something a little bit more different, maybe even a, a little bit more interactive things that we haven't been able to do because everything is pre-recorded. So you may see uh, some, some, um, let's just say live events where hopefully we can get some interaction with our audience um, down the road. So that being said, you know, let's, uh, let's check some things out here. I mean, you know, I've, you know, follow some things, the news, some things that popped up over the last couple of, of months, um, even, even weeks. Some you might not even be um, aware of. Um, I spoke to someone even recently that they just became aware of uh, that the Atlanta Track Club, their relationship with Mizuno um, came to an end here at the end of 2021. In November 1st, they made the announcement that they were um, had a new relationship with Adidas. Um, so that kicks off on January 1st. So they're the first race that um, the Atlanta Track Club will be associated with with Adidas was the resolution run that uh, took place on January 1st. Um, I think we'll see a bigger Adidas presence probably by the time Publix um, half marathon marathon rolls around here at the uh, February 26th and 27th. Um, but, you know, Adidas is going to be their apparel and footwear you know, brand that they'll be associated with. So all their elite athletes will now be wearing uh, Adidas you know, apparel and footwear. And that could be a good thing simply because, you know, Adidas has made some really great performance shoes. Um, a lot of world records have been set on Adidas shoes. So I think that will give um, those Mizuno elite athletes, or I'm sorry, the Atlanta Track Club uh, elite athletes uh, a little bit more of an advantage as they go out and they, and they compete. Um, but what that means um, further down the road, we don't know yet. I mean, they, you know, there will be a Petrie Road Race in, in on July 4th, as there have been uh, over the over the last you know 50 plus years. Um, what that looks like, don't know yet. A lot I think still has to be sorted out. Uh, so because of you know once again, you know pandemic, we're still in the pandemic. We've had you know kind of a surge of the Omicron uh, variant. So we don't know what that'll look like, but we know that they are already talking about a Fourth of July. Uh, Adidas running shoe. I've seen kind of mock-ups of it, um, and we'll just have to wait and see. We probably won't be able to get an actual f photo or physical uh, look at that shoe until right before July 4th. So stay tuned. We are going to see how Big Peach Running Company will be involved um, is in this relationship, what uh, kind of uh, role we'll play in it. Um, and just kind of move forward from there. So as, as news develops, we'll certainly let you know, um, and, uh, we'll go from there, but, uh, just want to let you guys know that, uh, Adidas is a new sponsor with the Atlanta track club. Um, moving on to others, which, uh, other news that I just saw recently and, uh, it, you know, this one was in, um, New York times, the, uh, about Alberto Salazar. So, um, you know, maybe you know uh, about him, maybe the name sounds familiar, but uh, Alberto Salazar was a, you know, a, a very accomplished uh, marathoner and uh, an Olympian, and he ended up taking uh, and working with uh, Nike and started the Oregon, uh, the Nike uh, Oregon Project, you know, uh, training a lot of their elite athletes, but he came under some investigation um, back in 2019 where um, you know, there was always a, a cloud of suspicion about performance enhancing, um, you know, substances, um, that he was, um, providing his athletes. And I think the, that sort of kind of, uh, spurred an investigation. They did find that he was, uh, ha you know, had possession of a, a banned substance, and there were other things that have come up uh, since. So the the most recent uh, uh, ruling was that uh, he was suspended by State Sport in early 2020. And I think that is now, um, they basically have said that he will no longer be allowed to um, participate or coach in any 
uh, govern um, U.S. Olympic, Paralympic, or any other sports, uh, national sports governing body. So basically, he has been, you know, well, n- you will never see him uh, uh, in any uh, type of uh, professional type of, you know, arena. But, you know, there was other uh, other things that kind of came out, uh, I guess, out of the investigation. Still, a lot of it is, is kind of unknown, uh, and we we'll, don't know whether it actually co- come up. But he was, um, they said that he was accused of emotional misconduct and sexual misconduct. Um, and uh, in, it's interesting that he appealed the emotional misconduct, but did not address the sexual misconduct. And there are no details being provided. You know, we have probably, um, you may have heard a story of uh, Mary Kane, Mary Kane um, that accused him of shaming her for her weight in front of other team members, even, um, you know, our, the Atlanta Track Club uh, coach, Amy Yoder Begley. Um, commented and said that he, you know, kicked her out of the Nike Oregon project because she said had the biggest butt on the start line. So he was, um, you know, very, um, very weight conscious and body conscious as to what, the, uh, you know, their, his runners should look like and what, how much they should weigh, um, creating a very, um, unhealthy, um, I guess, well, not, I guess a very unhealthy atmosphere and, you know, potentially, um, you know, leading to um, malnutrition and other um, other issues uh, there. So he's he's out. Um, and like I said, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to that article in the New York Times, but I think there's still more to be discovered. Um, and uh, who knows, some of the stuff we may never even really know about simply because of the way things have, you know, you know they, they pay a fine, they kind of um, throw things under the rug and, and move forward, but he is out. Um the other interesting uh, uh, investigation that came up, and once again, it sort of it does involve Nike, is uh, there's a criminal investigation um, looking at the relationship between the USA Track and Field and Nike. Um, so it's it's all based on finances and the money that has exchanged over the last, you know, however long their contract's been around. But the FBI is looking into it. They've, uh, you know, they've been uh, grand jury subpoenas requesting documents um, and um, pertaining to the USA track and field, its board of directors, and three businesses, uh, Nike, Matchbook Creative, and a marketing firm in Indianapolis. So a lot of that has to do with the money being paid. And I think, you know, for those that follow the sport, um, have been very critical of Nike and their influence over USA track and field. And this might be one of those things that will shed some light on that. I know that there was a lot of controversy going into the U.S. Um, Olympic marathon trials and their super shoe, the Alpha Fly, and, um, you know, with the limits that were set and how that just got under that, uh, that requirement that the USA track and field. And, and, uh, it was interesting that, it, that, that limit to that stack height in the shoes was, you know, just happened to meet exactly what Nike had, had produced. It did not, uh, you know, prevent them from using that shoe, um, going forward in the, uh, uh, U.S. Uh, Olympic marathon trials or going forward in any other type of uh, U.S. Olympic sanctioned event. So that's that's interesting, um, and it'll be interesting to see kind of what criminal, criminal um, you know, charges are actually brought up uh, either against Nike and those other firms and USA Track and Field. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. There's been a lot of criticism, criticism, not only with Nike, but USA Track and Field and some of the things and decisions that they've had, especially over the last year with the Olympics. So that's your running news. I need to get you kind of caught up, maybe a little salacious, maybe, but uh, I think still very interesting. Even if you're not a follower, a diehard follower of the sport, these are things that sort of kind of impact and still make for for good talk on, you know, on a a long run when you're sharing some miles with someone. Um, So this episode, um, you know, it's it's the first one of the year and it's one of the ones, um, you know, that I feel can make it a, a, uh, an impact uh, and a difference um, for our listeners. And for me, it's one of those things that at the beginning of every year, I sort of kind of like to look back, like to, you know, kind of be inspired, um, be motivated, look at things at my life and things of what do I want to do differently? How do I want to change? How do I recharge myself to be a better version of me, to be better at what I do in my job and my life and my relationships? Um, and 
you know, for a while now, I, I always go back to a to a video that I saw several years ago, and, and I watch it almost religiously at the beginning of every year. You know, come December 31st, come January 1st, I always head over to YouTube and I look up Billy Yang. And if you don't know who Billy Yang is, he is a filmmaker, a storyteller, a podcaster, and and you know, um, you know, he does commercial work. And that's sort of kind of where I first you know learned about him was through his YouTube channel because he does these documentaries and these little you know, like I said, storyteller on athletes and races and things like that. And the the work that he does is just incredible. The music, the cinematography, the the the, the content, the way it's written, it's it's just beautiful. But in this one video, he uses a quote to, to open it up, and it says, um, and it's, it's a quote by Mary Oliver, who is an American poet and a Pulitzer Prize winner. And um, it starts off with, uh, or part of the poem goes, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Now, that is just part of the entire poem. But it's a very powerful and very, uh, and it's like I said, it's the intro to this video. And he kind of recounts things that have, he's done over the year. You know, that past year was 2015. Um, I believe based on what I've read, um, his father had just passed. And, you know, he had accomplished several things. He, I think he did his first 100 miler and, and other things. But it was more of, you know, what do you plan on doing with your life? How do you plan on inspiring others? And it's what kind of things do you see for yourself for the future, for the next year? And so I look at that and and also kind of reflect in, you know, what I've done the past years and, and things that I want to do going forward and how I can inspire and, and help others. Um, he makes this one, um, you know, one point there as well in his own words. It says that, that, you know, we're all given the same amount of time. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have seven days a week and 52 weeks in a year. Um, but it's how we choose to do with that time that makes us different. And, you know, while we all have those set, you know, parameters to our days, our weeks, you know, none of us really know how much time that we have. And that so goes that question, you know, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life, you know? How are you going to make a difference? How are you going to impact, make an impact to, you know, in, in your life and others and what you do? How are you going to better yourself? How are you going to live this life to the fullest? And it's a question I ask myself at the beginning of every year and, um, and just kind of trying to see, you know, what I want to do. I want to become better. I think we all strive to be better than we were last year. That's why every year we look at New Year's resolutions. We always you know, check something off or say, this is what we're going to do. Did I accomplish that? Did I not accomplish it? And sometimes you just, you know, it's, we're a work in progress. We're never always going to be perfect. And I think that's part of it, but just driving to be better. And while I was driving, you know, down, you know, to Florida, I listened to several podcasts and, you know, one of the ones that I came across, and I've been familiar with with Rich Roll before, but I've never really listened to him. And then I saw that he interviewed uh, Tommy Rivers, um, or, or Rivs, or Tommy Rivers Pusey. Um, and I don't know if you know about uh, Tommy Rivers. I didn't really become aware of him until last summer, but um, he is, you know, he he was actually here in Atlanta for the 2020 Olympic marathon trials. Um, he's, you know a very accomplished runner. I mean, he's in, you know, he, in 2017 ran the Boston marathon, came in 16th place with an hour, a time of two hours, 18 minutes. He's an endurance athlete. You know, he lives in Flagstaff, um, Arizona. He's, you know, goes and runs to Grand Canyon, ultra runner, all this. I mean, he's just phenomenal. He's an elite athlete, you know, um, and by his own words, you know, there's many other athletes that are probably better than him. He's he knows that that's not kind of what he's, you know, um, he's ever going to be an accomplished, you know, athlete or, or, or runner. But he enjoys running. It's what he he loves to do. And he just happens to be, you know, pretty good at it, better than than most of it. He's up there definitely in, the, in that top small percentage of, of people that can perform. And he's won a couple marathons on his own. But in July of 2020, he came down with, you know, I'll say came down, but, you know, he wasn't feeling great. He did a couple runs. He was feeling kind of 
tired and just didn't really, wasn't feeling great. Um, he went on a long run with, with a friend and um, down the Grand Canyon and just was having a hard time breathing. And he actually thought he had COVID um, and went in and got tested and got negative, you know, tests and you know, results and just you know, kept going in. And, and, you know, at the same time, he didn't really want to be a bother to anyone. Um, but it turns out he had a rare case of lymphoma. So, you know, he spent two and a half months medically in, 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 induced in a coma while being treated, going through chemotherapy. Um, he, you know, he lost 75 pounds. He was weighing 95 pounds. Now, this is not a small guy. I mean, he's, I, I don't know his exact height, but, you know, he lost, you know, at least a third of what he weighed. And, you know, in the, this interview, he even said, he goes, he doesn't think they'll ever be back to where it was before. But, you know, almost a year after he started to learn to walk again, he ran the New York City Marathon. This past November, um, he ran it and it took him nine hours and 19 minutes. So he went out and he didn't set the, what he, he would have been his normal blistering pace. Nine hours and 19 minutes. Um, and so he is recovering, you know, um, he, based on, on, on the podcast, he's in remission. He still has a long way to go. Um, he's certainly not out of the woods, especially not with something as rare uh, of a case of lymphoma that, that he has. Um, but it's an inspiring story, but it's the words that he, and he has been described, um, even Rich Roll here says that he is the poet of endurance, um, you know, um, I guess, you know, the poet of endurance, um, uh, a runner, you know, I guess he's a, you know, he just has a great, um, great way with words. And in one of the, uh, one of the things he says, and it opens up the podcast this way. And it's, and once again, it's very inspiring, very uh, motivating. Um, and just sort of the theme of this podcast, I guess, and, and to try to get you guys thinking as well. But he says, I guess the key is to not waste that suffering. When it, come, when it comes, see it as a gift. See it as an opportunity to open our eyes and to be really, to really value a normal day and how incredible that is. And then he goes on to talk about you know, things that he feels and he has always been and this and the outpouring of the commute, running community and just in general when people found out about this he had a GoFundMe you know uh, his wife set up a GoFundMe account and page and and the the amount of support that came to him because he is such a giving person to his community around Flagstaff and he would be one of the first people to volunteer to crew you at an ultra to pace others around I mean Flagstaff is is has some of the you know, elite runners are living there, uh, and training and he'll go out there and he'll pay someone. He'll do whatever. He'll give up his run for someone. I mean, these are stories I learned afterwards and he's just so well loved in his community uh, around Flagstaff, but also the entire running community. Like everyone knows who Tommy Rives is. Um, even Kraft, who he had just signed a sponsorship agreement, kept him on and helped him and, and, created a clothing line to support him and his medical, um, you know, costs. Um, just because of so much that he's given, there's, you know, there's people that have given back to him. Um, and so he talks about, you know, the purpose of life. And this is something that's very interesting because I'm, I've read this one book and I'll, and I'll cover this in, in a future podcast episode that talks about happiness and what it takes to, to be happy and how we should appreciate things. But this is what he has to say. You have the ability as a human being to positively or negatively affect the people around you based off of the way you choose to interact our purpose for being here is to serve each other, to try to make the life of another individual easier. There is no idealistic future where it's all going to be right and we're just going to be happy. We're not a victim of it. It doesn't just happen to us. It's happening all the time. And it's our ability to see it and recognize it. Very 
powerful, very strong words, uh, you know, and I, that's sort of kind of where I'm kind of going um, with this and trying to motivate and inspire you as a listener is to appreciate everything that's around you, to live life to its fullest, to be intentional, to live with intentionality, as Billy Yang, um, you know, says in his video, there's a theme to this. So as we go forward, as we look at, you know, the, you know, the new year, uh, for myself, for you all, you know, live life with intentionality, regardless of what it is, it's just make a plan, um, figure out what it is that you want to do. And as we talk about, you know, in this next segment about different things and gym, gym intimidation and, and working out and working out from home and, and things like that, you know, it's like be intentional with what you want to do. Things won't just happen um, because, you know, they just happen. They happen because you put a plan together, you put a, a plan in place. And, you know, the next couple of episodes, I'm going to go into all that and, and talk about the various things that you can do. But this is going to be the theme is to be intentional, to live with intentionality, um, live life to its fullest, embrace everything. Um, and, and, and let's tackle on this, this next year. It's, it's been a couple tough years, you know, starting with 2020, we're nearing a two year anniversary of the pandemic. There's still a lot of work to be done. Um, but I think that, you know, if we take this mindset that I think we can continue to get through it, um, and even strive, uh, you know, uh, at it and, and just be better, um, coming out of this. So, um, I'll leave you with that with this, um, for this segment, um, you know, just a quick break and we'll get into the next, uh, you know, topic. Um, so we'll be right back right after this. At Big Peach Running Company, we take pride in listening to your needs. We take into account the shape of your feet, previous injuries, and activity level to guide you to comfortable shoes for your feet. Whether you're a runner, walker, fitness enthusiast, or simply need comfortable shoes to wear, we offer the best customer experience in the friendliest environment. It's no wonder we've been voted one of the best running stores in America by our fans. Visit any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free fit assessment and video gate analysis. Go to BigPeachRunningCo.com. And welcome back to the Big Peach Ride and Run Podcast. I am your host, Dave Dolomite Martinez. You can call me D2. So um, I hope you had a chance to think about the question I asked about what you plan on doing this year. How do you plan on making the most out of this year? And we're going to cover a couple things over the, the next few episodes because this is the perfect time as it's a brand new year and we typically take on, uh, you know, resolutions and goals and things like that, that, um, we strive to become better in the, in this new year or in each and every year. And sometimes we fail at it. Sometimes there's some challenges. Sometimes there's things that prevent us, uh, from achieving those goals. So, um, in the next, uh, few episodes, I'm just going to go through a variety of things to kind of provide you with the tools that you need, regardless of what those goals may be. And one of the things that, um, and I researched this um, and have a blog post on this specific topic that we're going to cover today, which is fitness and security. And I, you know, wrote it a, a couple uh, years ago, but it's still um, very relevant. Um, and I'll share this link and any and links that I sh- uh, mentioned and, and stories that I mentioned in the, in the first segment, I'll share those as well in our show notes. But this has to do with fitness insecurity. And it's something that I ended up looking on Google. And of course, Google then gives you kind of a filter of other things that are related that people may also ask. So when I searched for fitness insecurity, you know, there was questions like, what is the least busy time at the gym? How do you get over the fear of going to the gym? How can I get comfortable at the gym? How can I become more confident at the gym? So these are very gym related questions. And this could be, um, you know, an actual, you know, gym with weights and, and trainers. It could be a yoga studio. It could be a cycling studio. It could be a variety of different things where people congregate to work out and you may not feel, um, you know, you may not feel secure enough to participate, to show up, to even sign up for any of these activities. And that in itself could prevent you from achieving any of the goals that you would like to achieve for yourself. And specifically, we're talking about, you know, fitness goals, but this could apply to a lot of other things where, you know, other parts of your life where you're trying to improve yourself. Maybe it's professionally or something and, you know, 
you don't feel secure enough to attend, you know, certain with certain groups that you may feel are out of your league, things that can help you advance your career and, and other things like that. So, you know, what we need to do is kind of prepare ourselves because, you know, some of these things, you know, you know, you know, the advice that he gave you is like, oh, well, you know, just, you know, just get over it or, um, you know, or just find a gym that is less intimidating. Sometimes it's just not that easy because it is our own internal insecurity, our own internal fear. And I know this because I've been there many a times at various points in my life where I just didn't want to go to a gym. You know, I just didn't feel comfortable. I was out of shape. Um, you know, you go to the free weights area and you see all these really big buff guys and you just feel inadequate. Um, and you know, I think everyone feels this way at some point and, you know, how do you get over that? You know, and you know, some of this is, is, you know, the insecurities that we have is just on what we, the images we see on social media, on TV and magazine covers, you know, and it's not just women. This is men as well. I mean, if I was standing next to Jason Momoa, I would feel very insecure, you know? Um, you know, those are, those are guys that are just, you know, you know, are just the epitome of, of, I guess, of physical, uh, you know, um, a build of structure, you know, and, and, you know, most of us are not built like that. And, you know, whether it's genetics or, um, or even dedication or commitment, those are things that, you know, um, you know, we may not never achieved that, but we got to feel comfortable about, you know, some, you know, about, working out in front of others and participating in activities in front of others. And this, you know, applies even just to running. You know, I remember at the same time when I did not feel comfortable going to a running group, a running club, because I didn't feel I was a real runner. I didn't feel like I was, I had the good form. I felt I was slow. I felt like I would be left behind. I just didn't feel like I'd measured up to be part of that group in that community. And I was very wrong about it. Um, runners tend to be one of the most friendliest, most open, and most inviting uh, groups of people um, out there. And even more so in trail running, when I got into trail running, I felt the exact same way. So I keep, you know, at every point that I'm trying to do something and get better or pick up a new activity, I feel these insecurities, you know, and feel the same way when I, you know, got into cycling. And And sometimes you have to kind of, um, overcome these things and push yourself, um, and, and be uncomfortable. Um, and, uh, in order to achieve what you want to achieve, but there's ways of doing it that I think allow you to slowly and gradually, um, become more secure in what you're able to do. And sometimes that means doing it by yourself. So, um, you know, the Google search I did showed 11 million results for fitness insecurity. I mean, that's how prevalent this is and how people are searching for these things. And right now, you know, uh, you know, obviously over the last couple of years because of the pandemic, there's probably been less people going to work out in a gym for, you know, I'd say almost like five or six months, they were completely shut down and you had to work out at home. Um, if you were going to work out, you had to find ways of staying active if you were a frequent gym goer. And, you know, a lot of that has led to the rise of, you know, in-home, uh, you know, gyms and, um, you know, things like, you know, Peloton and other things, you know, even cycling and running have picked up a lot because gyms were shut down. And, you know, now, you know, you know, more people are probably going back to gyms and right now, once again, because the pandemic at the end of 2021, we had, you know, again, you know, the Omicron virus and things are shutting down. So we don't know at the start of this year whether we will see another, you know, massive shutdown of businesses. Um, we started seeing a little bit of that, like I said, in the last two weeks of December, um, where we were seeing reports of, of you know, at least in, in New York where, you know, uh, theaters and, you know, were shutting down and even some dining and restaurants were also shutting down. So we don't know what that's going to mean for the future. So a, sort of a good thing, if you can look at a silver lining, is that there are a lot more people working out at home, you know, so you don't have to feel like you have to go to a gym. Everyone 
primarily or not everyone, but a majority of people have switched from going to a gym to working at home. I've done that myself. Uh, I used to have a gym membership and, you know, after you know a couple months of the pandemic, I canceled it and stopped work, you know, going to a gym. And I'll get a little bit more into the gym and, and some of the challenges that come um, because it's all a matter of convenience and how we perceive ourselves, um, you know, and, and trying to uh, look for the path of least resistance and anything that causes a little bit of a challenge, a little bit of resistance, then we typically opt out of, uh, you know, even if it's subconscious. So, um, yeah. And one of the terms that I, I, I looked up and just kind of found um, through my search was gym intimidation. And it is the fear of working out in front of others. Um, almost a third of those that were surveyed reported feeling intimidated when exercising in the vicinity of someone who is in great shape. And 17% felt um, you know, uncomfortable working in front of someone of the opposite sex. Um, and then even then, it, it, you know, once again, we get into, into running and 36 were intimidated just running outside on their own. And I think because you're in a public space and because of, you know, fear of being judged and our intimidation of not measuring up to a standard that we ourselves have placed on ourselves, you know, I mean, we've done that to ourselves, um, that, you know, we just didn't, didn't feel comfortable running outside, even on our own. And it's one of those things that I think, you know, we have to, those are fears that we've done in place on ourselves. I said, I've done it. And it was finally where I just got to a certain point where I just didn't care. And I said, I'm going to show up for a group run. I'm going to show up because I want to get in better shape because I want to become a, a runner, you know, and that's what I ended up doing is I ended up, you know, buying my first pair of shoes at our Decatur store long before I ever worked, um, you know, for Big Peach Running Company and decided that I was going to show up for a run that evening and then continued to show up. I found the group to be friendly, didn't find it to be intimidating. Yes, I was slow and yes, it hurt, you know, uh, in the first couple of times because of just the soreness that comes from starting a new activity. But I did find a community there, of, uh, you know, a very friendly type of atmosphere that allowed me to continue to come back. And I found that to be, you know, really great. And of course, I ran on my own and I and I started doing research on how do I become a better runner? What what are some things to help improve uh, my running so that I become more confident as a runner and just improve my running abilities? Um and, you know, we've had guests on the podcast previously, you know, um, we had Danny Grable, um, and I believe it was, let's see if I can find it, episode nine, and, and you know, she was uncomfortable um, going out, going to a gym, and she ended up working, um, you know, from home. She ended up, you know, just doing workouts at home, um, because she was, you know, not in the best shape, you know, probably overweight. And she has since, you know, gotten better and better, built that confidence before she could go into a gym and work out. And that's probably what most of us, uh, tend to do. I know that I tended to do that as well. And, and, you know, now I don't know that I'll ever go back to a gym just because there's a convenience of working, you know, out from home, especially if you can have the gear and you can purchase that and you have the space to do it so much, you know, so much better. Um, but you know, she then has become an accomplished, you know, endurance athlete having done several, you know, Ironmans and has cycled across the U S. Um, she did the Epic five challenge, which is five back-to-back iron distances uh, on five consecutive days. So imagine doing an Ironman five days in a row. So, you know, she has overcome that uh, intimidation, that fear of being judged of not being good enough. And, you know, um, but it took time. And I think that's what we all need is we need time. We need to also uh, give ourselves grace to know that it's okay if we're not at that level. But at the same time, no one really expects us to be at that level. We, um, you know, for the most part, we tend to put our fears 
and feel we're being judged by others, where others are probably feeling the exact same way. And maybe they're more concerned about themselves than about you if you were to go into a gym. And I know that's easy to say, but, um, you know, I just want you to keep that in mind that, you know, as runners, you know, we all kind of go through the exact same thing as, as any type of athlete. We all feel the exact same way that we're not good enough to be um, there. Maybe that's why they're there at that gym working out because they don't feel like, you know, they're happy with the way that they currently look or the way that their health is currently, um, you know, at in that point in their life. So they're there to work out work on themselves. And that's what you're there is. And, and what you should strive to do is to um, improve yourself for your own reasons, not for someone else's idea of what you should look like, not for one, anyone's idea of what you should, what health uh, means to them, but what it means to you. What does it mean for you to be healthy? Um, you know, recently, uh, you know, uh, the Today Show had a, a, a segment on uh, Myrna um, Valerio, and we had her on the uh, on the podcast as well. And you know, she is a, an ultra runner, a trail runner. Um, she's done marathons, she's done all these things, and but she is, you know, and she'll say it. She's fat. She's a, a big uh, woman, and and she constantly gets judged um, and criticized. Even after the episode came out, people are saying that, you know, she was promoting obesity. And how can someone that's running ultra marathons promote obesity? Um, it's just, it's just mind boggling. So there are people out there that are maybe jealous, maybe. And I think that's the way to kind of look at it. They're envious of what you're able to do. Um, but her, in her mind, you know, she is doing what she needs to do for herself and she's putting all the naysayers, you know, aside um, and if you want to go back and listen to that episode, um, it was episode 54 when we had uh, Myrna, the Myrnavator. She's a, a great inspiration. She has now written a book. She's, I think, been uh, featured on, like I said, the Today Show. I think REI had a campaign um, as well featuring her. So she's an inspiration to others. And that goes back to the question that I asked before the break. What is it that you strive to do in this next year? What is it that you want to do for yourself? Because chances are that, you know, you might be inspiring, you know, someone else. Someone might be seeing you, not judging you, but might be looking at you for that inspiration, for that little bit of motivation to get them off the couch, to get them outside, to get them to experience and to do certain things. And for me, that was one of the things that I realized when I got into running because I was not, um, like I said, I wasn't a runner. I didn't feel like I was a runner. I feel I, I'm more of a runner now than I was, you know, 10, 12 years ago. But I frequently got told by some people that I was inspiring them. And I just couldn't wrap my head around it because I, I just didn't see myself in that way. But somehow people were seeing me and what I was doing and what I was accomplishing because I was going out and doing these races, because I was coming out and getting stronger and even getting faster, that that allowed them to see the transformation that I was going through and then allowed them to then picture themselves going through that transformation. And that's pretty powerful, um, you know. And for me, that's one of those things, when I see images, you know, of people outdoors enjoying themselves, running, you know, biking, doing these activities, um, I want to be that individual. I aspire to be that individual. And so, you know, look at those images and don't, you know, look at them as way of, of being inspired and looking at ways of using those images um, for your own aspirational goals. Um, I mean, recently I, there was a, a, a Jeff Bezos tweet that kind of went a, a bit viral. And it was, he tweeted, uh, you know, uh, an image of an article um, from 1999, where it was criticizing Amazon and predicting their failure. This is in 1999. Now, here we are in 2022, and we know Amazon, you know, is in, by no means a failure. And, you know, however you may feel about Jeff Bezos, his tweet, and I would share this, and I would say, you know, li- you know take this and apply it to yourself. This is his tweet. It said, listen and be open, but don't let anybody tell you who you are. 
that's pretty you know powerful and, and, and a very important message because even someone like Jeff Bezos, a billionaire, you know, um, was being criticized for you know his idea of, of Amazon. And you know the listen and be open is you know you you have to listen to criticism. You have to be able to to sometimes even change. Just because you're on a path doesn't mean that it's the right path. But you should be able to to be open, listen, make adjustments, change your mind, adapt, change. But in the end, no one is should tell you who you are. You make that decision for who you are. And so on this you know fitness journey. You know, that's what you should be striving for is who do you aspire to be? Who do you want to be? You know, um, so as we're as we're kind of looking at this and, and, and working out, let's say, in the gym, how do you overcome that fitness insecurity? Well, yes, you could go, you know, head in the gym and just kind of get over it. Sure. That's one way of doing it. But I would go back and say, you know, if you really kind of want to ease it and really feel more comfortable about certain things about yourself and how you perform or the way you look, you know, start working out at home. You know, there are several different programs. And I mean, and, you know, YouTube is a wealth of information and so many people out there are providing such great and free content. But if you feel like paying for stuff, I mean, there's stuff like Beachbody, P90X, Insanity, and, you know, you know, they're very high intensity. And I would say I would find those even intimidating, even if you were working at home. I've actually tried a couple of them and I didn't feel like I could do most of them just because of the level of fitness that I was at. I just didn't have the strength to do some of those uh, exercises or at least do them consecutively in the way they were doing because they're just, you know, high cardio, high intensive, you know, training type of, uh, of programs. So I felt like I had to go back and, and dial it back and said, if, if I can't do these exercises, then I need to learn how to do them and do them properly. So I started getting into strength resistance um, and strength training. Um, and it, it kind of stemmed a bit from my running and making sure that I don't get injured. It wasn't more about building mass or, or being a bodybuilder or anything like that. It wasn't, you know, being as big as Jason Momoa or, or The Rock. It was more about how can I be strong, be more confident, and but do it in a way that I can work out at home and feel um, like I'm seeing some change in what I'm doing. You know, there's certain things that I, I you know, from, you know, back in grade school, I don't think I could ever do a pull-up, you know, and, you know, you know, climbing the ropes. Those are things I never thought I could do. I also didn't think I could run an eight minute mile. For me, that was a very unachievable goal at the time when I was in junior high and high school, when you had, you know, you know, gym class and you had to go out and run, you know, your, your, a mile for your, you know, physical test or whatever that they were doing. So eight minute mile was always kind of like that, you know, that unachievable goal. And over time, many years of just consistent running, I've been able to achieve that. I've been able to go way under eight minute mile goal. And sometimes to my surprise that I, that it was even possible that I could even run that fast. And I'm, you know, I'm 52 and I can still on a good day, you know, hit maybe a 730 pace on a very flat, cool day. I can hit 730, maybe even 630 if it's sort of kind of a downhillish type course. So for me, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I couldn't do that when I was in my teens. And now here I am 52 and I can do that. So it takes time and you have to kind of work at it. But I broke things down and decided, how am I going to get stronger? How am I going to do things? So I ended up going obviously to uh, you know, YouTube and search for a variety of different, um, you know, resources and try to learn. It's like, well, what type of exercises do I want to do? What, you know, how do I want to work out? What do I, what are areas that I want to focus on? And, you know, obviously, you know, you know, trimming down is part of it, right? It's just getting leaner, but I wanted, you know, to build some muscle and primarily more strength for running and to reduce injuries. And I came across this one, you know, um, 
channel uh, called Athlean X. And this is uh, a channel hosted by Jeff Cavalier. And he's a physical therapist and strength coach. And he is, you know, as a physical therapist, he understands the human anatomy. And he's not just one of your typical gym type of trainers, like just lift heavy and, and lift often and, you know, and eat protein and drink protein shakes all the time. He understands the human anatomy. And he is... Um, I guess based on what I've seen through his video, he's been a, 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 a trainer for some, I'd say some major sports teams, um, you know, and has had some pretty big clients. Now, he doesn't name drop or anything like that. Just he's mentioned some teams or I think I've read some of the teams that he's worked with. Um, so he understands these things as far as performance, not to build and be big, but to get stronger for the activity that you're doing. And all at the same time, He's looking at ways to where you don't get injured. And that was a little bit of why I got into it because I was starting to have issues with um, when I was going out biking, I started having issues with my hands going numb and wasn't really sure what it was. And it tended to do it to tended to have something to do with my posture and my shoulders and rotator cuff where there was a shoulder impingement that was occurring and it was due to lack of strength, that there was something happening in my shoulder that was impinging on a nerve and it was causing my shoulder to roll in and pinch on that. And because I didn't have the, the back strength to pull my shoulders back, it was, it was doing that. So it's once again, these are things that I've learned by watching his videos. And so I you know, started working on, you know, just using basic body weight type of exercise. And it's something that I've have now incorporated when I do the training programs for a, a run ATL uh, programs for marathon, half marathon is to do a very holistic 360 degree approach to working out and getting stronger, primarily to provide, you know, a good structure and base so that you don't get injured, but at the same time, in a way to develop that confidence, because if you feel more confident, if you feel like your posture is better, if you feel stronger, you're going to perform better as well. So those are some of the things that I've looked into. And like I said, I've gone from starting out with body weight, learning how to do push-ups again. I mean, you know, everyone's like, oh, I know how to do push-ups. But when you see people do push-ups, especially the people that are just like rapidly kind of cranking out push-up after push-up, they're not really doing it with proper form. And that's what I was looking for is I was looking to make sure that I did it with proper form, you know, and then slow and control motions. And that's what I learned by watching his videos and working out at home. And that has given me more confidence. So if I wanted to go into a gym right now, I could, you know, um, and slowly doing bodyweight exercises. And at the time I was work, I, I lived in an apartment complex and they had a, you know, small little gym with um, cable pulleys. And I started using those once again, becoming more confident. And I started seeing, it's like, wow, I'm, I feel like I'm getting stronger. And then I would increase the weight. I'm like, I am getting stronger. And I started noticing my posture getting, uh, you know, better. And, you know, I started looking fitter, you know, I started getting leaner. Um, but that also comes with a proper diet, you know, and, and that's other things that I've worked on as well. So those are things that are important to do. And I started working at home and I will continue to work at home. And, and, and even though I feel more confident right now, I'm going to go back and address something I mentioned previously about, the challenges or things that become inconvenient that allow us to then decide, well, then I'm not going to work out. So for me, even though I had a gym membership and I lived maybe, I don't know, mile and a half, two miles from, from the gym, I didn't go as often as I would like. I really want, needed to kind of force myself to go out, to make the time to get up you know, early, to get the gear that I needed to jump in the car, drive, deal with traffic, you know, check in, go to the locker room and, you know, drop my stuff off, then go out and, you know, onto the gym floor and, and work out. And when I started working out at home and at least using the, you know, if it was body weight that I'm working out in my living room, I'm like, how convenient is that? I can just do it here without ever having to jump in my car and drive. First of all, it saves time. You know, um, it's good for the environment, you know, not having to drive your car, but it saves time. It opens up more time um, and that made it more convenient. And because it was more convenient, then I 
did it more. I, I it was it was I was able to say yes, I can work out, you know, because it was very easy for me to do. Then I took it to the next step where I was like, okay, well, I'm past the bodyweight exercises. Let me go to the apartment gym. That was just, you know, maybe 100 yards away. So I would go and do that and work out. And once again, it became a lot easier. It was more convenient to do. And of course, the more convenient it is, the easier it is for you to do. The more you do it, the, the more you want to do it because you start seeing the changes that are happening. So at this point, you know, even though I feel more confident, I still don't want a gym membership. A, it costs money, right? Two, I don't want to have to drive, you know, through traffic in the morning or in the afternoon, whenever time of day, you know, I go and work out. Um, and now that I have purchased a home and I have a basement, I'm making that my, you know, workout area, my, you know, my home gym that I'm building up and I'm doing it slowly and I've got some things that I'm putting it together, but it makes it very easy to where I could be in the middle. Since I work from home, I could be in the middle of the day and just go, you know what, I'm going to go and, you know, lift some weights or, you know, or maybe I'm in between or I'm bored and I'll just got a couple dumbbells and I'll just start, you know, working out, you know, working on my arm, my shoulders, whatever, because it's convenient. It's right there. I don't have to make plans to go to the gym. So it's a lot easier for me to get, um, those, those, you know, strength training exercises in. And that once again, translates to everything else that I'm doing. So I feel like I'm becoming fitter and, um, and healthier because of it. Um, and because I've, I'm striving to that, to, to become fitter and healthier, then that triggers other things like, well, what else can I do? And I'm, focus more on my diet and what am I eating, you know, when I should be eating healthier and, um, I should be eating more, uh, whole foods and vegetables and fruits, and I sh- should probably be cooking more. So all that leads me then to a different frame of mind and, and starts thinking about, um, you know, doing research on cooking and becoming a better cook and things like that. Another area that I feel, I still feel intimidated and uh, is doing things like going into a yoga studio and stretching and things that I know that, you know, at my age, I need to do because I know that I feel the benefits of it when I do um, do that. And I typically only do it, you know, either before a race or after a race when I'm really tight and sore. So, you know, I'll point you to, you know, this one YouTube channel uh, called Yoga with Adrian, and she's, she's got her 5 million subscribers, and she's also been featured on television shows, and she has, you know, videos that are really short. They could be anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, and she walks you through, she explains everything, she explains the poses and what you should be doing, and to me, that's the biggest challenge with a lot of uh, instructors, and one of the reasons I, you know, you know, like yoga with Adrian and, you know, and, um, athlete next with Jeff Cavalier is because they explain what you're doing and why you're doing it. And it helps sort of connect the dots. You know, it really does no good if you have a personal trainer, if you're going out to the gym and he says, well, do this, do this. And you're like, you don't really know why you're doing it or how you're going to benefit from it or what muscles you should be feeling, or you should be working because you don't have the proper form. So these are things that I feel, you know, you know, not everyone makes a great instructor, not everyone makes a great trainer. So I think it's channels like these through YouTube that I think are doing a very good job of, of just explaining things and, and, and getting people a little bit more active. So I, you know, at this point I'd say, you know, if you want to feel more confident, working from home is fine. That's what, that's what I would recommend. I wouldn't force you to go into a gym and and feel uncomfortable and waste your money because as we all know, and it's sort of, you know, kind of a stereotype or something that we all know is that everyone decides to sign up for a gym membership, you know, on January 1st or shortly thereafter, or maybe they've already had one, but you know, that January and February are the busiest months of the year at any gym. I've gone there. I've seen it. You can't get on any machine. You have to wait in lines. There's too many people. But come March, everyone's sort of kind of trailed off. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the time it takes to go to a gym. Um, and people will commit only a certain amount of time, and then they feel it's inconvenient. And so they start going less and less and less. I think that's one of the reasons why people really kind of fall off that. Um, so I'd say 
work out from home. You know, do what you can in the in the comfort of your home, um, where you are going to feel, you know, at ease with your environment, its comfortable surroundings. You know what you can do. You know what you can't do. And if you can't do something, well, there's no one else around to judge you. Um, and but most importantly, there's no one else for you to think that you're being judged. And that's the hardest part is convincing ourselves that no one really cares about what we're doing and how we look and what and and you know whether we are uh, you know a real runner or whether we're a, a real cyclist or whatever. No one really cares. But it's tough for us to overcome that because it's our own mind. Our mind is a very powerful, um, you know, you know, part of our, our of our you know of of who we are, and so it's tough to convince it to do otherwise. So I, that's one of the things I'd say is just work on yourself, work at home if you feel comfortable, and if you're comfortable going to a gym, great. Then this episode probably isn't for you, but I do feel that a lot of people don't feel comfortable with themselves and you need to sort of kind of push yourself into an uncomfortable, um, you know, uh, uh, situation or environment in order to grow. And, but you can do that from the comfort of your own home. So, you know, one of the things that I'm currently doing and, you know, and I set this goal for myself and I'll throw it out there. I'm, I may have said it on our podcast, you know, a couple of years ago when I turned 50, is that my goal going forward was to be in better shape than I was at half my age. So at 50, I wanted to be in better shape than I was at 25. And that sort of kind of got me in my fitness journey, you know, at least to be stronger, to be better. Um, and at 25, I mean, I wasn't probably in the greatest shape of my life. I, you know, was, you know, in college and, you know, we all do crazy stuff when we're in college. We all eat unhealthy, you know. Um, so it wasn't, a, a, you know, a, a huge bar to hurdle. And I was probably already at 50 in a better shape. But I really wanted to, like, be in better shape, physically look like I was in better shape. And that's what got me into, you know, focusing more on strength training, Um and now going forward, you know, because we we have a bike shop now, I want to be a better cyclist. I want to be a stronger cyclist. But at the same time, educate myself and do things that maybe others, that, you know, can learn from, that others can see that I can help to inspire others based on the information that I've gained and things that I've done. And so while I've done Ironmans before and I've done, you know, 100 miles before, it's been a long time since I've done that. And I would love to go back and do another 100 miler. And I want to start off the year um, stronger at, on the bike than I ever have in the past. So an opportunity came up where I've been familiar with it. And finally, I just said, I'm going to do it. And it's the Atlanta Winter Bike League. And it's, you know, someone I know that coaches it and leads it and, but I always felt intimidated because I didn't know who was going to be there. And it just, you know, you say Atlanta winter bike league. I mean, a, it's in the winter, it's a league. So it's like, they gotta be some serious people here. And so I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to go out and find out what this is about so that I can be a stronger cyclist come the spring. And some of this is just riding in a group and I've never felt comfortable riding in a group. Um, you know, riding with other people, that's fine. But in a group, in a pace line, and this is a double pace line type of scenario, I had to feel comfortable with it. And immediately, first, you know, you know, day, you know, we're out there and, you know, there's a pre-ride meeting and he's going over everything and explaining how to switch riders and how to ride in the pace line. And, and he just made it feel so easy. I mean, you still have to execute it, but it was less intimidating it became something I'm like, I look forward to doing, you know, unfortunately the last one of the year got canceled uh, due to rain, but these are, um, you know, things that I, now I'm going out every two weeks it's scheduled and we're going out and, um, as a way of getting more comfortable. And, and for me, I think that's what we continue to try to, to do is try to be uncomfortable, push ourselves to a little bit it's outside our range of comfort in order to become better, to become stronger. So I'm going to leave you with that. You know, hopefully you're out for a run and you're taking all the, of this in because I think this, these are things that we all need to do better. We all need to strive. And I would say, you know, you know, 
do things that are going to make things easier for you. Try to remove any obstacles, any challenges, whether it's getting in your car and driving someplace. You know, if you can just step out the door and run, that's so much better than having to jump in your car and drive. You know, um, if you're working out at home, so much easier than having to jump in your car and going to a gym. Um, you know, turn on the TV, lift, multitask. Um, same thing with stretching and yoga, anything else that you want to do. There's a lot of resources out there. Like I said, I'll share all these through the uh, show notes. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, keep providing you with updates and things that you can do over the next couple episodes as we kick off this new year to kind of keep you guys motivated, to keep, you know, you inspired, to keep, you know, this vision and of as- and this, these aspirational goals of yourself. Because that's the one thing I'll say. If you're on a run right now, Picture yourself meeting that goal. Envision yourself accomplishing that goal as you're running up that that hill, as you're you know you know finishing your run, whatever it is. Even if you're getting started, just picture what it is that you want to see yourself achieved. Um, you know whether it's a particular race or an overall goal. I do think we should try to reach for an overall goal. Um, and those little goals, those races there are those little stepping stones that help you achieve to that bigger goal. So we're going to cover, um, in the next episode, I'm going to cover a little bit of smart goals and how to kind of set things up. Um, I'm also doing some research on my own. I got a book that I've pre-ordered that kind of talks a little bit about how to achieve these goals. And it's in a very different way of, you know, SMART goals is a very kind of very formulaic formulaic type of approach of just, you know, that can be applied to a lot of different things. And this one book that I got on pre-order, is that it's, uh, it's based on this story that you build this story and you're the hero and you kind of uh, do things in reverse. You set the goal out and then you do steps, in, you know, going backwards. So, you know, uh, that book should be here in a couple of weeks and it'll probably take me a couple of weeks to go to read through. And I do hope I, I am going to reach out. I've already sort of kind of reached out to the author and I hope he'll join us to kind of put the kind of things together and explain a little bit how this, uh, you know, his, you know, um, this concept works. So I do hope to have him on the podcast, you know, in the future, hopefully sometime in February. I appreciate your uh, time. I hope you're having a, you know, a great run. Um, we're not even going to toss it a break. I'm just going to say thank you so much for tuning in. And it's been a pleasure to host on this uh, little episode. And I uh, hope you'll keep joining us in two weeks. Uh, thanks. And uh, may your best miles be those uh, just ahead of you. Hey, y'all, if you enjoy our podcast, let us know. If you have topic suggestions, questions, or guests you'd like to hear on the Big Peach Ride and Run podcast, email us at podcast at bigpeachrunningcoat.com. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube.